Rabbis call him pastor. Pastors call him rabbi. His patients call him doc. And his New York family calls him Meshuggah. Crazy. Because he believes in Messiah. Welcome to this episode of To Life, where Miles Weiss highlights the hope behind the headlines. Shalom, salam, aloha, and howdy. This is Miles coming to you from the West Coast of the United States of America, where God is alive, revival is hinting, revival is moving, awakening is coming, and we're watching the dawn of sanity here and there now and then. We're coming to you live on delay from uh, my home office. And I am so glad, again today, to have my friend Eugene Bach with me. Uh, we've done a number of these sessions, but every time we do them, the feedback is positive, and uh, you love hearing from Eugene. So we're grateful Eugene is a point man, my my phrase, not his. He calls himself a troublemaker. But <laughs> point man for Back to Jerusalem, the incredible movement out of China, which is bringing the gospel through the so-called 1040 window, through the Muslim, Buddhist, and Hindu worlds into Jerusalem as we prepare for the return of the Lord. So we've been grateful to be able to partner with Eugene and back to Jerusalem in different ways over the years. And it's always good to hear from him. So Eugene, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for inviting me back, brother. It's always great to be with you and your audience. And I just love our conversations. We always find ourselves rambling on uh, because I think we hit the same marks, the same keys. We're kind of in, even though we're not in day-to-day uh, connection with one another, we're, we're still somehow we find ourselves on the same wavelength. And yeah. uh, I kind of find that many of the people that I talk to, I'm kind of trying to slowly introduce them to kind of some of the things that I'm seeing on a regular basis, not too much because you can overwhelm them. So it's great when I get like a brother that's in the same spirit that I don't have to <laughs> worry about overwhelming you. I just kind of vomit all over your table. Because it, it's obvious that you and I are on that, we're firing on the same cylinders. So it's uh, it's such a joy. Love being with you, hanging out. Many times this podcast is just you and I in a coffee shop, uh, yeah, talking. <laughs> and that and that's that's what I love about it, and love about talking with you. That uh, we can kind of t- touch on different matters all over the world. But I want to talk to you today. I want to ask you about what's been called recently, been called the Chinification of the U.S. I'm watching from outside the matrix. And so I see this incredible overlay of an alternate reality coming onto the United States of America and influencing every aspect of life and moving away from tradition, moving away from Judeo-Christian values, moving away from uh, the roots of America, the history, however spotty our history may be. Uh, There is, I believe, you know, I think about the Israelis call the United States the lands of the covenants. So they recognize the connection that this country has with Judeo-Christian roots, with the Bible, with the word, with God of Abraham. And yet we're seeing this incredible transfer of power or change. I almost feel like I'm already living in a country that's been taken over by a coup. Yeah, I mean, in many ways, there are things that are taking place in the U.S. that it's not just the U.S. I mean, um, we're seeing this all over the world. And um, there are countries that have been greatly, not just influenced by China, but in many ways, their political and economic decisions are being driven, if not controlled by China. Um, There is a book that I would highly recommend. Um, I was really disturbed. It is non-biased in many ways. It is, it is, um, uh, it covers all of the different people that have taken money from China. It's called Red Handed. Mm. Uh, you can get it in audiobook form. And what it does is it goes through uh, both Republican, independents, and Democrats that have been knee deep in taking money from China for a long time. And that can be shocking for people. Um, that can be disturbing when they hear about the top people, individuals that I considered to be a hero like John McCain. I mean, I've, I've spent time in his prison in Vietnam and saw what he went through. And I mean, the guy, regardless of you, whether you agreed with his politics or not, what he went through in an honorable way, he was allowed because he was the son of the top admiral of the U.S. Navy, was allowed to leave early, but he abided by the um, uh, the U.S. code of 
POWs being released, not according to rank, but according to when they came. And so he would not, even though he, they, they wanted to let him go as kind of a good sign to the U.S. military, he refused to leave because there were other prisoners that were lower rank that had arrived before him. So he stayed, he fought to stay um, and uh, was beaten to every inch of his life. Um, even in his 30s, 40s, 50s, up until he died, he was not able to lift his hands above his shoulders because of the, the way that they broke his collarbone and his shoulders and it just never healed back well. Um, the shackles that he was in, the bugs, and forget about the beatings, forget about the beatings. Anybody that has spent a summer in Vietnam shackled and unable to like smack away the mosquitoes and getting bitten and getting malaria and and getting uh your your stomach messed up all the time because of all the spoiled rotten food that you're you're given and and just having to endure that heat day after day after day without escaping it it was a living hell he was taking money from china um you have the uh, pelosi family taking money from china the biden family taking money from China. Both Republicans, independents, and Democrats are, are talked about in this book, Red Handed. But that's not the dangerous part. The dangerous part is the lobbying that has gone on through big corporations that are taking on um, the, uh, the nature of China's desires when it comes to politics, military, and uh, economy. Uh, they have just been ripping off uh, U.S. companies left and right for generations. It's 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 notable to me that that it was it was President Nixon, stalwart Republican, so called, and vile vilely treated by the by the left and the Democrats. But but he opened the door to China, and at the time, and I've even heard evangelical leaders, major leaders, say this is going to be a great thing. This is going to be the democratization of China, and we didn't realize. I think it was like a frog in the kettle. We didn't realize that that was never the intention of China to become a democracy, to allow Christianity to be more like the U.S. And we have this hubris in America that we think that people are open arms towards democracy, our version of that. And in fact, they have thousands of years of culture and history and and an imperialistic view of the world that includes they have a mandate from heaven to, to rule the world because they're China. And so we, we were in the dark, and I'm talking about major Christian leaders were in the dark about this, and now we wake up out of the matrix, it seems to me, a little too, little, too, little too late. Uh, but as long as you're on the subject of John McCain, I do need to give a shout-out to our military. My heart grieves over what is currently being done to our military, and I want to thank you for your service. And for, I don't know, for our audience, he won't tell you, but uh, Eugene is a retired U.S. Marine sniper. And uh, he is the right man to send missionaries through the 1040 window into the closed countries of the world. However, that said, uh, you're also raising your children. Your sons are in the military, too. So there's, a, there's a, a history, a tradition, and a love of country and a love for what is right and a hope for America that you're, you're, you've embodied in your service. So thank you for that. And just also your, your sons going into the military as well as... Uh, but just it's it's just something our, our, we need to know about. Yeah, it is. It is definitely a, a tough time to watch your children in the military, seeing the things that are taking place with the U.S. military. But let me just say, you talked about Nixon. I mean, I, I was a big fan of what we would call the Henry Kissinger way, right? That he was the he was the the epitome of what it meant to be a diplomat. And so I was on board with this idea of more trade with China, more openness with China. This is how we'll change China. I was on board with that. Yes. Um, and I missed the boat on this because it has been since then that I've come to the conclusion kind of the hard way in my lifetime that the way to transform a nation is with the gospel, not with money, not with politics, not with influence, not with education. Um, I think that there's a lot of misconception that we can change a nation by increasing trade is what's what we were doing that if we can bring Beijing McDonald's, if we can bring in Ford Motor Company and, and General Motors, uh, then we will see a complete transformation. They will we will win them over with our ideas. And not only has it not worked, it has been reversed. What we went in to infiltrate 
had a reverse impact on us. Uh, and I mean, you can see it in many different ways. Let me, let me just point out one that's taking place right now. Right now, there is a bill that's probably not going to make it through the Texas government. So this is a state level. This is not federal level. So the Texas government right now is debating a law of whether to allow Chinese to buy property. Now, this is something that the, the Canadians had to tackle years ago. Um, other countries have been tackling this for many years. And now that Texas is going through this, and the reason Texas is doing this is because this is a real problem. China is, has been purchasing very strategic farmland and very strategic land, land that is close to military bases, uh, land that is close to our, our top secret aircraft launching sites, um, bases that are very close to our nuclear sites. Um, not Forget about the military. Infrastructure that is absolutely imperative for daily life like our water supply our electricity power grids. Uh, China's per, um, purchasing very strategic land in mass through companies that are funded by the Chinese government. And so China, uh, China has been doing this and Texas is the very first state in the U.S. Now you're in the U.S. So we're talking about the U.S. here. This is happening in other countries as well, but Texas is the first state that's like, hey guys, we need to do something to stop this right away. Voices came out saying that this was racist, including China. China has come out very strongly saying, how dare the U.S. You know, do this against the Chinese Americans? This is not against Asians or Asian Americans or Chinese Americans. This is against Chinese foreign nationals buying land. If you're a Chinese American citizen, you can buy land all day long. Nobody's going to stop that. But this, is, this law in Texas is specifically targeting Chinese. The, what I find, I'm like, I wish I could be in that room of debate for five seconds when the Chinese are actually getting an ear lended to them and is given a megaphone. So you got the Chinese ambassador that is saying something you know, about this uh, Texas law. You have the Chinese foreign minister now also commenting on it. And you have Chinese uh, diplomats inside of Texas making comments and really trying to get the uh, the, the anger agenda uh, up because they feel that this is very racist. Here's the challenge. It is illegal for Chinese to buy land in China. <laughs> so Texas is only doing what Chinese do to their own citizens. Uh, because it's a communist country, it is believed that all land is owned by, quote, the people, which is really language for land that's owned by the government. So only the government can really buy land in China. Everybody else only leases the land. Uh, You have a lease that can go 50 years or 100 years, but you cannot own the land. You can have the rights to use it for a small amount of time, but Chinese cannot buy Chinese property. And they're complaining about the Texas. And so this is something that that, that Americans, I think, I'm really glad you're highlighting this for your audience, because this is just basic information that if you step back and look at it for a second, get out of these rhetorical, because the, the, these individuals that want this to continue going, they want you to be in very emotional uh, arguments that have racially charged uh, language that get you away from some of the details that are, are, are really important in these kind of issues. That's really, really key. I'm thinking back to the the performance of our uh, of Anthony Blinken vis-a-vis the Chinese back when Biden first got inaugurated, and they, they just the the devastation that they they were able to use racism and use all of this uh, anti-Chinese rhetoric and just back down the United States. This is hilarious, painfully hilarious, and I just hope there's somebody in Texas who has pointed out to the Chinese or is pointing out to the legislatures and to the Chinese delegations that, hey, you guys can't own property in China. Why would we allow you to do that here, especially because it's a threat to our security? So, you know, God bless Texas. We'll see because Texas is being weighed in the balances these days as well. You know, we'll see how that works out. But the the idea, I think back in when we served, in, we served the gospel in uh, in Kinshasa, Congo, when my kids were young for a season. And all the infrastructure there was Chinese made. This is back in the 90s. 
All the infrastructure was Chinese made. When we had to exchange money on the gray market, we exchanged it with the Chinese. I mean, it was they were there and in full force. And I'm talking 25 years ago. So this has been going on since 72 when the door opened with Kissinger and Nixon. But it's a brilliantly evil plan to undermine and to take down the United States. And so and now Texas is also trying to go on a gold standard in the midst of this economic furor that's happening. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that, but they, they're, they're toying with the idea of having a, a, just a statewide gold-based economy. So I don't know if that's going to get any traction either. But, you know, it's just we've seen this, this – I, I think the best metaphor is the frog in the kettle. We've seen slowly how they've been brilliantly infiltrating, taking over from the highest levels of government to culture to just uh, – this is humorous, but sad. Uh, the Babylon Bee today, they had a headline, Air Force comes up with new plan, I'm paraphrasing, comes up with new plan to drop morbidly obese airmen on enemy targets. <laughs> <laughs> because we've adapted to the culture rather than adapting to the excellence that, that the military has always been. So I don't want to get you off track. I just had to tell you that joke. So, Okay. So here we are. We're, we're at this place where uh, it's unseen. I, I have to say, and this gets into the spiritual realm, I have to ask you about, because you said very wisely that it's the gospel that transforms countries, not economic changes. Uh, and we're seeing that as the gospel is, again, trying to have a renaissance here. But uh, it's interesting to see strange bedfellows, people that are not believers in Yeshua and Jesus but they're aligning in their quest for the truth, which to me is a very, very encouraging sign. You know, you're, you're at, a, at a left field, the, the literally left field, Joe Rogan and Bill Maher and, and some of the others, and Naomi Wolf, seeing people having a very public uh, questioning and looking for truth. Uh, that's got to be somewhat encouraging to somebody who's bringing the gospel into the closed countries. Uh, I, I don't generally consider America a closed country, but we're getting there. Yeah, we are walking in those same steps. And one of the things is I think that especially during COVID times, um, we saw a lot of uh, things that were being fed to the public, regardless of where you stand on the different ideas of vaccination and masks and lockdowns. Um, but what we did see is a very strong narrative that was being pushed on the rest of the world that was being driven by China. One of the reasons why is China is an atheist nation. So I think a lot of people want the, that idea of atheism being taught in uh, the environment, uh, maybe in their country, in their politics, um, where science is supposed to rule, where evolution is the ideology, where socialism is the buildup of, and, and really communism, uh, the difference, they usually say that the difference between socialism and communism is about five years. <laughs> so yeah. uh, eventually, if you go socialist, you will, you know, drift into communism, as we've seen with so many other nations around the world, like Venezuela. Um, I'm sitting in a country right now while I'm talking to you, Sweden. Sweden is one of the very few rare examples where we went very hard socialist in the 1970s, and we had to claw our way out before absolute disaster. That doesn't really happen. You don't try on socialism and communism like a pair of pants and say, okay, this doesn't work. We'll just switch back. It, once it takes hold, it ruins a country for generations. And the reason is not because of the political system. That's my belief. My belief is that um, democracy is not better than socialism. Um, we have a democracy in Iran. How's that looking? That, that, that's not a very good system. I would not say that that is something that you would want to replicate, the democracy that you have in Iran. Uh, I would say that uh, the thing that makes democracy different is the nations where there is a gospel heritage. Um, and that doesn't matter for me, whether it's a monarchy or a democracy or a republic or whatever other government system. Government systems to me mean very little. It, it, it depends on if your rock is a firm foundation or not. And one of the problems that you have in communism is that they're based off of the Marxist worldview, that religion is the opiate of the masses. And to be in government in China, you have to be a member of the Communist Party. And to be a member of the Communist Party, you have to sign a declaration of atheism. That 
is the the problem that we run into. That's the part that can't be changed. And we are seeing a very real persecution against Christians in China today because of that desire for clinging to atheism. And for whatever reason, whenever I see a country go more socialist, they always go more anti-Christian. The, the two almost go hand in hand simultaneously, and I, I haven't really been able to uh, articulate why those two go hand in hand. I know why communism does, but socialism and an anti-Christian uh, behavior somehow go hand in hand and I, it, whenever it's done on a government level. It seems like it's the same, it's the same pattern, maybe a, a little uh... – little softer on the spectrum but the spectrum is the same in terms of if you're going to have a completely materialistic view of life where the substance of of life is completely material there is no soul there is no spirit there is no invisible world it's all quote-unquote science and even science at the highest levels of physics is refuting that but you know later for that but if you're going to have a totally materialistic worldview, including that government is God because it will redistribute and make everything equal and will be able to have a heaven on earth, blah, 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 you know, beginning as socialism, it's eventually going to become communism. It, may, it kind of makes sense. It's like a logical progression because it's the same error at the beginning because the, the, the basic, I mean, basic tenet, I think that countries that are going to progress that are going to be, uh, wealthy, healthy, and wise have to be, there is a God and I'm not him, which is very hard for people to, to understand because we, you know, it takes an opening of blind eyes for people to see that spiritually. But if you, I, when I think about socialism, getting to communism, that's what I see is that if you're going to replace God and the reality of the unseen world with a material view uh, and have the quote unquote, the religion of atheism, because it is, it's as fervent or more fervent than Christianity or Judaism, if you're going to have that worldview, then you're going to have to just continually refute the reality of the spiritual realm. So it makes sense to me that they're in opposition. Yeah. And and there's probably people listening to this and being like, I can't believe, you know, our politics or our politicians, sorry, our politicians are bought by the Chinese. I can't believe that the Chinese have so much influence with our lobbying groups and that they have so much you know, influence in different areas. But we as individuals, this is something that I think that it's important for us as Christians to know, is that we as Christians allow China into our living rooms, into our lives every day. There are serious ways in which we've allowed China to influence our lives for the sake of entertainment and convenience. Now, I came on to your podcast before talking about small boats theory where uh, China has been taking over advertisers and that they have been buying up companies and that they are using these companies to buy advertisement space on CNN or Fox News or MSNBC or even Google or Facebook. And we've seen their infiltration into our daily lives in that way. But it goes even deeper. There are a lot of Christians today that, you know, have TikTok on their phone. That is directly allowing the Chinese influence into your life, into your living room. What China does is they're able to, because this is a Chinese company, they've done a lot to kind of hide this part from the American public, but India has made it illegal for anybody to have TikTok inside of India. We've seen the same in Japan. We've seen people, governments, uh, govern the U.S. military uh, you're not supposed to have TikTok on your phone if you're a part of the U.S. military. Both of my boys have gone through. I've got one in the Air Force, one in the Marine Corps. They both have gone through a very high level of security clearance. This is a part of their questioning process of what programs they have on their phone because it's a real danger having TikTok on your phone. I have a question about TikTok. So yep. if you download it like I did to see a conservative friend of mine who was posting yep. uh, and then I deleted it, do they, in that instant, in that month or so, did they get all my material? You can't uh, unwind so, that? This is this is such a good question because um, what many, so every year Back to Jerusalem hosts a hackers conference where I bring hackers from around the world. These are experts. I don't really know what I'm talking about. So they educate me. And um, I even have a guy from B2J. His only job is to translate for me from, from geekdom to redneck. 
So he, <laughs> <laughs> so, so he, he translates all of the language. Cause seriously, when you sit down with some of these guys, like, I don't, I, I'm like, what language are you speaking? I speak three of languages and you're not touching. Like, I don't know any of what you just said to me. And so we have people from the CIA. We have people from military intelligence, from uh, mil- European militaries, from Australian militaries. We have individuals from um, uh, the White House. We have individuals from uh, just their grandma's basement that come and join us for the hackers conference. And what we do is we present problems that we face in China and other closed countries around the world. Uh, and we present those problems to the hackers and they educate us on what we can do. And then they come together as a team and then they provide several solutions to multiple problems that we have. One of the things that they told me about TikTok specifically is that it comes embedded with items that you can't necessarily delete. So when you get rid of that from your phone or from your app, there are elements that are still on there that cling to um, your uh, to other um, um, uh, operating systems of your phone and uh-huh. continue to collect data. And they have other ways of getting that data um, to them now. This is all changing. So what I'm saying is sometimes true and sometimes not because these are bugs that, you know, uh, Android and Apple are continually trying to work on. So what they have learned, they have fixed, but there are still items that they have not learned about. So therefore, they're not privy to fix them. As long as you have TikTok on your phone, what you are doing. So there's a couple of ways that you're being influenced. One is that once the Chinese have that data, then they're able to understand a little bit more about your behavior. There's a lot there. You may not understand that your daily habits uh, create a persona that helps them to um, get into the psyops of warfare. So without even knowing you, they can watch how you travel, where you travel. They can monitor you you on a map. They can watch what you purchase. They can watch what you're purchasing online. If you're using Google Pay or Android Pay or Google Pay, um, if you're using an online system to like, uh, if you have, sometimes you can go in and just touch your phone on different items at 7-Eleven or a grocery store. Um, What are you watching on YouTube? What are you, if, what are you listening to on your podcast? They're able to create a, a, a persona of a person that's like you and match it with other elements that fit your data points and then create a way of communicating to you that can move your thinking one direction or another. This is extremely effective. Um, Google has been doing it for a little bit of time. The whistle was blown at a, at a, um, at a congressional hearing a couple of years ago. Um, when it came to uh, some of the elections that were taking place in the U.S. in the midterm. One of the things that people don't know is that information that is stored on something like chat. And people are like, well, I don't do TikTok, right? How many people have started to use Zoom for their churches, for their company meetings? These are also Chinese-based systems where the headquarters is in Beijing. And here's the thing. If you're a Chinese company or started by a Chinese citizen, your first obligation of business is to serve the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP. That's your first obligation, not to make a profit, not to not to your shareholders, um, not to your own ideals. When the Chinese government comes a knocking, you better be providing. And uh, so Zoom and I, I wrote to Zoom specifically about this, but. But the thing is, is that people don't realize that that information is then put into these um, uh, databases where they are able to slowly change our way of thinking. Uh, so, for instance, Chat G- GPT. I don't know if you've been hearing about that. It's an AI system that can do a lot of things for you. It can write code. Um, you can give it a, a topic. Uh, for instance, you can say global warming or um, uh, electric engines or um, t- watches from the 1980s, and it will write up an entire essay for you or a tweet for you or, yeah. A, bi- a biased 
essay, a biased tweet. A bias. That's what I, yes. So with China having influence on these, we've been testing some of those biases. And what we have found has not been pretty. So when we try to write about the Chinese government, we find that the bias comes out pro-China. Surprise, surprise. Uh, we've even been using some of the, the uh, picture creative AI that is now available out there by Microsoft. And so we said, create for us um, Jesus. Create for us um, uh, Donald Trump You know, being thrown from an airplane. These are no problems at all. You can do this. But... Create for me a Chinese border guard. Cannot do. We get a thing that comes up, says blocked. So we took a wow. picture of it. We've written articles about it. So this is a, 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 in some ways, as we grow more attached to some of the convenient things in life, which we do, we we have, we are. Um, those conveniences, when in control of people that are being influenced heavily or even controlled by China, uh, that those conveniences can actually start to become prisons. We've seen it inside of China where payment systems, um, life in general has become completely cashless in China. And as a result, Christians are being um, persecuted in a way that they've never been persecuted before. And this is the alarm. This is the main alarm. If I, if people that are listening to your podcast hear nothing else that I'm saying, this is the major alarm, and China is pushing the agenda. The number one thing used to persecute Christians around the world, including China, but also it is happening in the U.S. and Europe on a major, major scale, and we're not even seeing it. I am because I'm on the mission field, and I've been impacted by it tremendously. Banking. Banking is the number one tool being used against Christians in persecution. And it's being done in the name of safety, in the name of anti-terrorism, in the name of anti-money laundering. But it is really these key hold elements around the world. T today, getting a bank account is really challenging. Before, banks wanted your business. Now you have to beg a bank to take your business. I've been kicked out of banks. I've been fired by by uh, two banks in Switzerland and two and one bank in Hong Kong uh, because of doing mission work. And we're on the verge of getting kicked out of another bank. These are world. These are I've been kicked out of HSBC. Uh, I've been I've been kicked out of Swiss Post. Uh, these are major big players. I think HSBC is one of the biggest banks in the world. One of the reasons why is because we're doing the mission work and China is pushing the agenda on banking. So this podcast is called To Life, The Hope Behind the Headlines. And along the way to receiving the hope behind the headlines, we have to look at what's actually happening behind the headlines. You know, obviously we know that Yeshua, Jesus, is the hope of the world. He's the hope of our souls, hope of eternity, and that his influence will transform a society for the good. We know that. But what you're saying is absolutely biblical, and we're further down the road in the prophetic fulfillment of the book of revelation and other prophecies from the old testament older testament we're really we're really there we're right on the verge of having to have a mark quote unquote or we're past that time we're already being squeezed towards who can buy who can sell what's that's going to look like including this what seems to be a a, a concerted effort to destroy the american dollar to, to replace it and to have it become a totally digital world. I mean, we're there. We're right there. It's already moving. You're seeing it because you're on the front lines, but it's happening everywhere. Yeah, and there might be there might be some people that come and say, you know what, um, a lot of this stuff sounds a little hokey. Uh, I would ask you to look up some of the things that I'm talking about. Uh, the reason why is this. There are things that are huge that your audience may not know about. China is able to monitor so much of what's taking place online, not just with Chinese, but interaction with other people that might have connection with Chinese. And it may not be directly impacting you from what you can see right now, but it is impacting Chinese even when they leave and they come to America. So some people in your audience may not realize that China set up over 100 secret police stations around the world, including in New York, including in Los Angeles. 
You can look this up. If you don't believe me, you can go onto the internet and look up Chinese police stations, New York City. They're in London. They're in Paris. They're in Rome. Uh, where Why? China Why? Has, I'm sorry? Why? Because um, what is happening is that the Chinese have been have certain laws that the, that, for instance, you can't preach the gospel to children. You can't write about, you know, Christianity unless it's been approved by the government. You can't start up uh, church fellowships and let it's unless it's sanctioned by the government. Uh, many Chinese will go on these trips, leave from China, go to America, go to Europe, uh, go to Australia. These these locations, they'll attend conferences. They'll speak at Christian meetings or Christian churches. They'll try to allow the world to see what they have seen. So maybe the world can keep from stepping into the same problems that they've stepped in. Now, with these, these police stations in New York, London, Holland, they're able to monitor their citizens even in the country. So that if they are speaking at these church meetings, if they are attending these Christian conferences, they can be detained, arrested, repatriated. Um, and they are. There are arrests being made. There are threats being made. These guys are like the Jersey mob showing up on your door, threatening your family back in China. So, so they'll do a couple of things. One, they'll say, okay, you're breaking the law. You've been fined. Go back to China, pay the fine. And they'll threaten you. If that doesn't work, then they threaten your family. If you don't go back to China, we know where your mother lives. We know where your daughter lives. We, we know where your son goes to school. We know that your wife is still in China and she needs, you know, uh, type one diabetes medication. So they, they, they really, people don't realize the history of this in communism, but this is common practice in communism. Stalin did it all the time and he did it to Mao Zedong, took Mao Zedong's own son into Russia for education. <laughs> but it was actually, we're going to keep him here. You do anything we don't like and your son might have an accident. Well, well, well I have to ask about that. You just gave me a history lesson that is, I, I'm sorry, I'm sad to say I had no idea that Stalin was pulling those kinds of strings with Mao. I thought they were compatriots in the best sense of that word, but actually it was a top-down relationship where Mao had to line up with the Soviet style. Uh, I thought he was, an, uh, he was an, uh, an agent. He was an actor on his own, but he was also under the sway of a larger thing, which brings me to this, you know, the vital question. I mean, what you're telling us is mind-blowing, but what about, I mean, where are the, where's the U.S. government? Where is the... The sovereignty of the U.S., what has happened to our FBI or CIA or some of these institutions? How is it possible that we're allowing a Chinese-controlled police stations in major cities in America? I, 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 I'm sorry, I've seemed a little naive, but I'm just speaking on behalf of my audience who's probably having their mind blown as well. So please, uh, how, where's, where's, where's the sovereignty of the U.S.? Yeah, these these things are being really challenged. And this is, I think, you know, goes back to the stupidity that we embrace when we become anti-Christ. Um, there, there is a real uh, challenge with our logical thinking. I think that we become impaired somehow uh, when we become anti-Christ. Um, and, and, and this is this is something that I, I'm just amazed that is not a problem on a national security level. China's a real threat to national security. Um, and, and, and it's that way mainly because they are not a friend. They are not an ally. Um, uh, we do see allies in places like Taiwan. And yet we abandoned Taiwan under Henry Kissinger, under, under President Nixon. We specifically abandoned Taiwan uh, because we wanted to have leverage against Russia, which we got that through China. And so that this is what politics does for us. And it makes us do things that seem smart at the time that turn out to be disastrous for our own good. Yeah, if you think about how short-sighted a darkened soul is, you know, with somebody with, without the enlightening that comes from Yeshua, that comes from Jesus, there's a, like you're saying, there's almost like a dulling down or a dumbing down or some kind of a, I guess it's again, the push towards materialism. Like we can figure this all out on a materialistic level. We can uh, play politics and economics in a way that is beneficial. And it's all 
not allowing for the fact that we we are i mean even for the believer scripture says we see in part we prophesy in part i mean we are always reaching for more of truth more of the presence of god and the light that comes from heaven but for for the unbeliever it's it's like we are uh, I love the phrase. It's, it's like we took the worst people in high school and put them in charge of everything. <laughs> you know, there's a darkness that drives these things. Uh, and again, there's an we're being acclimated to ways of thinking and ways of living. And it's just disheartening to look at. I mean, for someone who's been in the military, you look at the condition of the military today and thank God your sons are in there to, to be a light in that place. But the idea of what, what has become of the FBI the way we, I used to think of the FBI, the way I think of them now, the way what's become the CIA makes me wonder about, and this is a, this is kind of a, a leap, but China is the, the ostensible enemy on the 3D natural level. What's behind that? Are, are there really 300 families that are running the whole country, running the whole planet? Is that really true? The, you know, the Illuminati, the Bilderberg, the, whatever that group is, that's the invisible ones who are pulling all the strings. You know, you mentioned Canada earlier about how they had to deal with China buying farmland. And yet Canada seems to me totally in the bag for the World Economic Forum and for China. It's like they may have done that one thing, but they're still, they've been basically taken over as far as I can see. I mean, he's a poster child for Let's let's be Chinese. Let's be communist. Yeah, one of the one of the things that um, I, we haven't really heard too much about is that this year, 2023, by the World Economic Forum was considered to be year one for the one world economic system. Um, this is something that people really haven't been paying too much attention to. I don't think people take it too seriously, um, but when it comes to uh, the the dominance of the U.S. dollar, which does mean a lot for one world government. Uh, it has been challenged. We now have five nations that are using the uh, Chinese RMB and the Chinese uh, are going digital and they're setting the standard for the digitization of currency. Now, that is a little bit different than having uh, your own currency digitized. Uh, what they are doing is they are creating an, a completely different, almost like a cryptocurrency. And um, China is leading the way with uh, some of the bad actors. So you have um, Bangladesh, Venezuela, Russia, China, and one more nation that's escaping me right now. But we have five nations that are now using the RMB as their main trade. And one of the reasons why they're doing that is because both Russia and Venezuela have, have They've, they've had challenges of buying oil or selling oil on the open market, where if they do it directly with China and use the Chinese RMB, they're able to skirt around a lot of the U.S. sanctions and the U.S. dollar and get away from the U.S. dollar. That actually creates a huge problem for the U.S. economy. That, that if, if the world moves away from the U.S. dollar as the main currency for doing trading of resources – the U.S. collapses overnight. The economy collapses overnight. Is the fifth country Iran or Brazil? Yes, I think I, 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 it's actually Brazil. Yeah, because they just did the, the election fraud also. They had a, a nationalist. Uh, I think it was a Jesus guy. Borsalino, was that his name? I can't remember his name. But anyway, they had a guy that was duly elected, and then they reversed overturned and brought in a friend of China, brought in this this guy that was a left-wing uh, socialist. Now he's in bed with China. Uh, the whole country is heading that way, which is so disturbing. And we're seeing the same with like Macron, which is a, you know, a very large player in the EU, in the European Union, where he has been meeting together with the Chinese president, President Xi, and, uh, and they have been discussing using the RMB for a lot of their financial transactions moving away from the U.S. dollar. Now, this is, this is very political stuff, 
But the reason why I bring this up is that when you asked about the influence, these are ways that the Chinese are influencing our everyday lives. And, and, and we may not actually see any problem with that, with them collecting our data uh, through TikTok. We may not see any problem with them changing the currency to buy. There's a lot of people that might be listening to your podcast thinking, how does that have to do with me? That really doesn't pertain to me at all. But what takes place with the influence of China is you see a, a persecution that begins to increase against the Christians. But not only that, this is something that I think is very important for your listeners specifically. You've probably seen the very same thing, that the more China has on influence or the more socialism has on influence or the more uh, atheism has on influence on the international stage, the more attacks come against Israel as a nation. Wow. There's something about that, that when I talked about earlier, anti, that where socialism goes hand in hand with anti-Christianity, it also goes against uh, anti-Israel. There is something about this anti-Israel state in this embracement of those that have a beef with Israel, the embracement, the embracement of the Palestinians, the embracement of Hamas, the embracement of all of the Middle Eastern actors like Syria and Egypt and Iran and, and whoever is against Israel becomes embraced politically and supported. And right now you have a couple of actors that stand relatively strong for Israel. And I think that's in their favor to do so. But as that weakens, the nation will suffer. Christians will suffer. People will suffer. One of the things that I've seen inside of China, I just want to point this out really quick. The, the, when we saw Christian explosions taking place, the more freedom that Christians were given, the more blessed China was as a nation. We saw from the year, at the end of the 90s up until 19, uh, uh, 2018, we saw an increase. There were, everything was going up. The freedom for Christians was getting so much better. The churches were growing at a radical rate. The economy was growing. The education access was growing. Medicine was growing. Poverty levels were, were getting lower and lower. The misery index was sinking a lot. Um, you saw the wealth and the GDP of the nation growing on a massive scale. Um, outside investments growing. Um, once persecution came back, all of those things started to dip Again, when is the last time we saw China in their golden age? In many ways, we can say that this is a golden age of China from the year 2000 to the year 2018. In the middle of that, we saw the Olympics of 2008. Completely, I mean, a hopeful China. 2020 Olympics, not so much. It was depressing. Really, really depressing. Uh, from there, we go back. When was the last golden age of China? It was during what we call the, the Qing dynasty. It's actually where we get the name China. It comes from Xin. So we got Xin. So for instance, right now in, I'm in Sweden, we would say Xina. Xina comes from the word Qing or Xin. Uh, for English speakers, we took Xina and made it China and gave it a hard ch instead of a soft sh. The reason why that's important is because of Kangxi. Kangxi is the most well-known emperor in all of the history of China. If you talk to any Chinese that have been properly educated, ask them who's the most powerful, the most, the most, the longest serving emperor, the most famous emperor, the emperor where everything was super wealthy. He was the David of Israel, if you will, for China. Kangxi was the kind of supreme leader where everything was wealthy, everything was going good. And he, he reigned for something like 70, 80 years. It was a long reign. And it was a, it was a powerful reign. So everything that we see coming out of China, the language, the dictionaries, the China, the porcelain, um, the, the, the writings, uh, the, the paper, the gunpowder, like all these advancements came during the Qing dynasty under Kangxi. Kangxi was a Christian. The emperor of China was a believer in Christ, gave his heart to Christ and began to write the most amazing poetry that you've ever heard about giving his life for the one who died on the cross for him. Um, 
it really, really powerful. I mean, I've just, you've never read some of the things like Kong Shi and the Chinese hide it. They don't talk about it, but the two go hand in hand that when you have a deterioration of Christianity, you have a deterioration of everything in society. This should be a, an alarm for your listeners to pray, to, to, to fast, to, to really bring together the body of Christ, to pray for the nation, to bring us back to Christ. We can try to fight China, but it's going to happen. We can try to keep China out of our country, but it's going to happen. Strategy is not going to win this war. Politics is not going to win this war. The last thing that we need, in my opinion, is more laws. Screw legislation. Stop making legislation to fix all the problems because every problem that you fix with legislation, you end up bringing five more along with it. It's Christ and Christ alone. This is so good that uh, you actually just gave us the coda here. It's the it's the Hopi Island headlines. It's Yeshua. We get that. And I just want to say I just was uh, at a budget meeting for uh, the church where we serve, and um, it's I, I heard it said that uh, the making of laws and the making of sausage are very similar. You don't want to know how it's done. <laughs> You don't want to look behind the scenes. And I think that that's really true. If you love law and you love sausages, just don't look into how they're, how they're made. So, so let me just close with this, that the, right now, as we're speaking, uh, we're on a 21-day fast and prayer for Israel. Because of what you're saying, the increase of attack on the social, political, economic, spiritual, and military levels is increasing. As as the United States gets weaker, the bad actors around Israel, they come out of the woodwork. And now just this last, just yesterday, I was online doing one of these with someone in Beersheba in Israel. And, the, and we heard the Iron Dome while we're doing the po- podcast. They're under attack right now. Wow. And there's been over 300 rockets in the last two days wow. coming from, from the South. Uh, so, uh, it, it, this, there's, it's all connected in the sense that that the more Yeshua is lifted up, and I would go as far as to say, now I know there's only salvation in Jesus. I'm not confused about that. But I would say there's something about the covenant that God has with the children of Abraham and the country of Israel that cannot be ignored by believers around the world. And this 21-day fast that's been called, we're expecting millions of people to get on board with this. It's from the 7th to the 28th of May. And, it's, and you can see it online at Isaiah62fast.com. It's an Isaiah 62. It's a call for us to get on the wall, to be watchmen on the wall, because it, uh, God describes himself as Shomer Yisrael, the watcher of Israel. You know, we need to be doing that, too. This is so connected because as after I've met you, God put China, Iran, and other nations that you work in, uh, put them in my heart. And I've done what, everything I can to awaken the people I have some contact with to the plight of Christians around the world, because it's so connected to the future, the destiny of America, what you're saying, and what, the way we're going to leave this, I'm going to ask you to pray for our audience. The way the what you're saying is that we need to keep the main thing, the main thing, which is that Yeshua, that Jesus is the answer. He is the hope for the world. And this blew my mind about the history of China. I'm going to have to study. I'm going to read red-handed and you have to find, tell me how to find out the true story of Kong Shi. I'm probably butchering the name, but how to, how to, how to get some of that information. I need to know this. Um, it's stunning to me that the golden, so-called golden era of China was led by a believer in Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ. That is, that's just mind-blowing. Eugene, would you pray for my listeners that they would uh, stay awake. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how else to say it. They would get yeah. awake, stay awake, please. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh God, you are so amazing in all of your ways. Everywhere we look, we see provision from your divine hand. And I pray that we continue to focus completely on you all around us. We see things falling, but we pray don't allow us to be distracted. Allow us to completely focus on you. We put ourselves in your hand. You keep us alert as we follow your word and we continue to rely on on your wisdom and your knowledge and the goodness from your your the words that you've given, not just from your from your Bible, but from also the prophets that you've sent in our day and age. May we stay before your throne. May we stay with our face to the ground, Mm. our hands in the air. Completely vulnerable to you, 
We know that there are things that are taking place. The enemy is walking about searching who he might devour. But in your hands, we know that we find calmness. We find peace. We find love. We find mercy. I pray, Father, that you keep our eyes open and on you, that we don't see the mountains, but we see the help that comes beyond the mountains. In your holy name, Father, we submit ourselves unto you, and we pray, pray, pray for the nation of Israel. Yes. As we as we come before you on a daily basis, we stand with our older brothers. We stand for those that you have called and have been vessels carrying your word throughout the generations that have been a blessing to us. May we also lift up our words and our voices and our praise to heaven to be a blessing to them. We pray for their protection and we pray, Father, for their supernatural revelations that you may reveal yourself to your children. In your holy name, Father, we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, brother. This has been great. So, Thanks. I, I yeah. kind of feel like I've I've had a little bit of an outlet. You know, when a balloon is getting too big, it's about ready to pop. <laughs> you kind of allowed some air to go. Wow. I know yeah, well, that I've rattled on. Forgive me. But yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, next time we'll use uh, helium balloons. We can sound like the chipmunks together. <laughs> Brother, it's always a pleasure. I'm I'm glad that you and your bride are going to be together. My regards to your board as you gather. I love them. I love what you guys do. I love Back to Jerusalem. We'll have in the show notes how people can find you, your podcast, your books, your resources, your wealth. Uh, you have a wealth of info and a wealth of revelation for people. So we'll get that connected so our, our listeners can support Back to Jerusalem as well. Awesome. Thanks, brother. God bless you. See you down the road. Thanks for listening. If you have been enlightened and encouraged by this podcast, please rate this episode with five stars and share it with all your friends. This really helps us spread these informative good news messages. To Life, Hope Behind the Headlines is produced by House of Peace, a tax-deductible 501c3 corporation. Visit us at mkhop.org and on Instagram and Facebook. And thank you for your donations. They really make these sessions possible.